0: Yep, my name is Debs, and I'm on the leadership team here at St. Jude's, and I'm really excited to be looking at this passage from Acts as we continue to work through the first church together. And if you've been a Christian for some time, you've probably heard this passage a number of times, and quite possibly you've heard it preached about several times, and maybe you've studied it, studied it in small groups. But despite its familiarity, there are still challenges for us in this today. I asked a couple of friends who don't go to church and actually one of them has no idea about the Christian faith at all, but I asked them if they would mind just reading this passage just so that I could sort of get that fresh vision on it. So they had a look at it and they, they just thought it sounded really great, the idea of a community that cared for one another in such a way, they, they just really loved it. They thought it sounded really attractive And they could see why people would want to be part of that community. So this morning, I want to look at three things. I want to look at devotion to the Lord, devotion to his people, and then devotion to God's work in the world. And those three things really are a mark of a healthy and a thriving church. And that's really what we want St. Jude's to be. We want to be a healthy and thriving church which is attractive to other people. So, the first part, devotion to the Lord. In verse 42, we're told that the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And devotion means profound dedication and earnest attachment. So, in devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching... It didn't just mean a little bit of listening. There is purpose and resolve implied in that word, devotion. And when someone first decides to follow Jesus, it's really important to help them to grow in their faith and to understand what it's about. And often, they will be told to read their Bibles regularly. And indeed, when I first made that decision to follow Jesus, I was told about quiet times, the importance of spending time with God's word every day. But I wonder how many of us still approach the Bible with excitement and anticipation, being expectant of what God will say through his word. It's too easy to take it for granted because probably most of us have got Bibles in our homes or we've got the Bible on our phones. We've got really easy access, and we have the freedom and the privilege of coming to church. And even during lockdown, when it was slightly more difficult, we could still access church in one form or another, and we still had access to our Bibles. So how seriously do we take our Bible? One of our daughters, a few years ago at her church, attended a year-long discipleship course and I remember being really encouraged by the way that they said to each other. They didn't just say each day, oh, did you read your Bible this morning? They said, what did God say to you this morning? And I was really encouraged by that and inspired too to never take the Bible for granted. Because God speaks through his word. He speaks to each one of us individually. We just need to listen and then here at St. Jude's, we've got some amazingly gifted preachers. We are, so, we are so privileged to have each morning really good sermons, possibly. And so much wisdom is handed out on a Sunday morning. But do we eagerly take advantage of that? If we miss a week, do we take advantage of the technology to catch up, see what, see what wisdom we've, we've missed that week and listen again? And then do we allow ourselves to be changed by what we hear? Do we allow the Holy Spirit into our lives to change us and transform us? And those are big questions, and I know that I can't always answer them with a wholehearted yes, but I also know that I want to be able to consistently say yes to those questions. Yes, to being devoted to God's word, because it is so powerful, it's so wise, it's so amazing, it's so full of love, it's so awesome. And God speaks to us, each one directly and individually. What's not to like about that? Then being devoted to the Lord also will include devotion to worship, both individually and corporately. So the passage mentions the breaking of bread, or the Eucharist, or communion, or the Lord's Supper, whatever we call it, it's the same, the same thing. So in, when we take communion, we are reminding ourselves of what Jesus did for each one of us. When he died on the cross, his body broken for you and for me, so that we can be reconciled to God our Father. And I have to confess here that sometimes I don't think I appreciate the gift and the privilege of communion enough. Yes, I love celebrating communion, and when we do as a church, it's just absolutely wonderful. But I know that during lockdown, I didn't really think about it very much. And I know that for some people, it was a really big deal missing that opportunity to be able to take communion together. And I think that it should have been for me as well. So I've had to ask for forgiveness, and I've had to ask the Holy Spirit to just stir me up a bit and remind me What an amazing privilege that is to to take part in a communion service together, reminding ourselves of Jesus and what he did. And of course, being devoted to worship also includes praising and thanking God. So together here in our services, but also at home and at work. Because of course, worship isn't something that we just do on a Sunday. Worship is a way of life. So our lives should be full of worship. I don't know, have, have any of you ever been just suddenly overwhelmed with just an incredible joy or an incredible sense of, of the beauty of things that you see or an incredible sense of love? And you just know that that's from God and you can't do anything but just burst out into praise and, and worship. Sometimes I do that aloud, but sometimes it's just in my heart and I just feel like I'm just just going to burst. But our lives need to be giving praise and worship to God in everything. So they, the disciples devoted themselves to the Lord through the word and through worship, but also through prayer. And maybe we can learn from them here, too, because we're called to pray without ceasing. We're called to present our requests through prayer and predish, petition with thanksgiving, to pray for one another, to pray for our leaders, to pray for those in need. We just need to pray. And is prayer our first port of call? A few years ago I met with a friend for a cup of tea and she had just been to see another friend and this this other friend was really struggling. Um, her job was really tough. Her children were all going through difficult phases, and she was just finding things really hard. And as my friend told me just a little bit about that, I said, well, shall we pray for her? And she just said, oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Now, I'm not saying that I always do that, but just in that time, my, res- my first response was to pray. And I want to grow so that my first response is instinctively to pray, Because that's what we're called to do. And of course, we need to pray together too. So sometimes formal prayers, but also together as a family. And we have opportunities to do that. We've got prayer breakfast next Saturday morning, we have prayer central a couple of weeks after. If you've never been to one of these, please do consider coming. It's really great. You get some prayer topics, some some thoughts on, on what to pray, and then we go into small groups. And we pray. And it's just wonderful. It's so encouraging and it's so inspiring and it's just so wonderful to come together and to pray together as a church family. Because then we know we're not on our own. God answers prayers. And the more that we pray, the more answers we will see. The final part that we're just looking at this morning about being devoted to the Lord is praise and joy. Because in verses 46 and 47... It says the disciples were meeting with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. So if we live with the awareness that we are loved completely, that through Jesus we are forgiven and saved, if our hearts are full of gratitude, we can't help but live with that joy in our hearts. Now I know that life isn't always easy, and I'm not talking about Um, a false, insincere happiness. I'm not talking about pretending that everything's okay when it's not. But if we can fix our eyes on Jesus, seeking him and his ways, then we are better able to stay in touch with that joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. Remember King David when he was being chased by Saul. Sorry, David being chased by King Saul. David, fearing for his life, Hiding in a cave, and yet he was still able to say, My heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music. I will praise you among the nations. Be exalted, O God. So that's to being devoted to the Lord. The second point we want to look at is being devoted to God's people. And probably it's this aspect of the passage that most of us are familiar with. Because the passage paints a picture of the Christian community meeting together regularly, sharing meals, praising God together, and selling property and possessions to help those in need. And crucially, as they lived this way, the passage tells us that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I don't know about you, but some of those things I think are easier than others. So meeting together, yeah, I can do that. Sharing meals, yep, I can do that. Praising God together, yep. Selling property and possessions, hmm, that's a little bit more tricky. When I was preparing this sermon, I I read quite a lot around it, and quite a few of the things that I read were focused on verses 44 and 45, where it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. So when this was written, it was talking about the time immediately after Pentecost, when Jewish pilgrims had traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. And then they had heard Peter's great sermon. Um, and they, so they'd been saved, but they wanted to stay in Jerusalem to find out more about this new faith. They needed to, so they would have needed places to stay. They would have needed meals. They would have needed financial help. So the believers sold what they could in order to help the people who needed stuff. And yet, apart from this place in Acts, within the Jewish community in Jerusalem here, there isn't much talk of Christian communities and this being the way that we must live in order to be a Christian. But before we think few, and we dismiss these verses as being irrelevant, let's just have a little think about what they might actually mean for us. Because these verses, in with the whole passage, they give an indication of what a community could be like And at some level, most of us probably are longing for that sense of community. Probably most of us would love to be in a a place where people cared for us selflessly and we cared for others selflessly. So perhaps we need to think a little bit about our attitude towards stuff and the acquisition of more stuff. Because do we believe that everything that we have comes from God? And do our lives reflect that belief? When people look at our lives, would they see that attitude reflected in our lives towards our money and our possessions? And of course, within this passage as well, there are other aspects of community that we see here, meeting together regularly, every day. So our faith isn't just for a Sunday. Do we meet with other Christians during the week and we talk about our faith supporting one another and encouraging one another as we grow? And I know I say this every time, but small groups are so important when it comes to community. Because in a church the size of St. Jude's, it's actually really hard to know everybody. But in a small group, we can come together, you can share stuff about your lives, trust is built, we pray for one another, we can encourage one another and support one another. And our faith grows. For various reasons this term, I haven't been able to make it to, to my life group very much and I have really missed it. I miss seeing my friends within my life group. It's such an important part of my faith. We practice hospitality together. We listen and we learn together. We encourage and we support one another. And so I say again, if you're not yet in a small group, do consider joining one. Talk to Neil and he'll point you in the right direction. Because the great thing is that God can use these communities to bring others to him. The life that we have in those small groups is not the same as the life for most people in society. That sharing of care for one another in the power of the Holy Spirit is really attractive to those who are perhaps lost and perhaps looking for hope in the world and in their lives. And I know also that... um, One of the things that people have found hard during these last 18 months is that loss of community and the resulting loneliness and isolation. And our pastoral care team have worked really hard to try and keep in touch with everybody and make sure that everybody is okay. So as things open up again, we need to make sure that community, that being in a genuine community is a priority for us all. Because God will use that to add to his number. So that's devotion to the Lord through his word, worship and prayer and devotion to his people. So finally, devotion to God's work in the world. I really like this passage because evangelism is just happening. Thousands of people are being saved every day and they've been drawn into the community of the church. Evangelism here isn't something with a capital E that only a few people do, but it's happening because of the lifestyle of the community, answers to prayer, miracles and wonders, gifts of the Spirit being received and then used. So this, I think, is an encouragement for all of us to get involved because we each have a responsibility. It doesn't matter where you are on your faith journey because God can use any one of us. God can use every one of us at any time we just need to ask for those opportunities and I know lots of people are saying this at the moment but it is because it's true we are at an exciting time at the moment as the world begins to open up again and here in our church family there are opportunities for each of us to serve our community and our church family now as many of you know I support Dom and Davita in the children and youth work And we're planning on restarting the Sunday morning groups, all four of them again, in September, as far as I know. But we need more volunteers. Because during the pandemic, many people stood back for very valid reasons. But perhaps now is the time when you can think again and you can ask God, should I be stepping up now to step back into working with children and youth? Maybe it's something that you've never considered before, but you would like to consider now. Or perhaps you'd like to serve tea and coffee after the service. We need more volunteers in that. Or the welcome team, or cleaning, or gardening, Thursday lunches, the AV team, school or nursery, bereavement drop-in. There are so many opportunities, and there's so many of us. So the important thing to do is to ask God to show you where he wants to use you. And of course, not just in church, but outside Wherever you are during the week, Monday to Saturday as well, God wants to use you wherever you are. So ask him for those opportunities. Be bold, pray for courage, and ask for opportunities to speak out. So three things, devotion to the Lord, devotion to his people, devotion to God's work in the world. So I'm just going to leave you with a few questions. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? What challenges you most about the community depicted here in Acts? And then just pray that you will be equipped to rise to this challenge as we seek together to serve Christ and to grow as disciples. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the privilege of being able to come together and to worship and to praise you, to listen to your word and to think about what it means. Lord, we just thank you for that privilege and we pray that we never take it for granted. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to grow as a community of believers. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, inspire each one of us and lead us and guide us in the way that you want us to go. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you'll stand with me just as we.